Well, I invite you to turn to our passage this morning uh, from 2 Corinthians 11. If you, if you are looking at the black Bibles that are scattered among the chairs, uh, you can find our, our passage beginning on page 969. 969. We'll look up in your Bible, 2 Corinthians 11. Uh, we're going to read 16 through 33. We're in this final section of Paul's letter to the Corinthians. It's the second letter that we have. Uh, and Paul, you might, if you were here, might recall in this final section, is really passionately challenging the Corinthians. Now, here are these rival apostles, these false apostles, one, the ones Paul sarcastically calls the super apostles. Uh, they've been doing a lot of damage in the church. Uh, the Corinthian Christians uh, have put up with them, uh, have allowed them to hold sway and influence, and, and they're, they're not only challenging Paul's ministry, but in the process, uh, really disrupting the work of the gospel. And so in this final part of the letter, Paul's really challenging the church uh, on this issue, even, even uh, getting a little sarcastic at times uh, to, to do it, because this is, this is serious, uh, and he wants to see them grow. Uh, and so let's pick up the, the section with verse 16 of chapter 11 as Paul continues to address his people and through the Holy Spirit, God, God speaks to us. So 2 Corinthians eleven sixteen. I repeat, let no one think me foolish, but even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. What I am saying with this boastful confidence, I say not as the Lord would, but as a fool. Uh, since many boast according to the flesh, I too will boast. For you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. For if you bear, uh, for if you bear it, if someone makes slaves of you, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face, to my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. But whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I'm speaking as a fool. I dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. I'm talking like a madman. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death, five times I received at the hands of the Jews the forty lashes, my less one, Three times I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day adrift at sea, on frequent, frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and, apart from other things, uh, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. Who is weak, uh, and I am not weak? Who is made to fall, and I am not indignant? Uh, if I must boast, I will boast of the things that show my weakness. The God and Father of the Lord Jesus, he who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. At Damascus, the governor under King Aratus was guarding the city of Damascus in order to seize me. But I was let down in a basket through a window in the wall and escaped 
his hands. It's, you know, it's regular. Father, we pray that you would use this, your word, uh, among your people. Lord, we pray that you would give us ears to hear, that you would show us the glory of your Son, and we would, Lord, be built up in faith and in, in trust in him. Uh, for we do ask it in his very name. Uh, amen. Amen. <laughs> So throughout our study of 2 Corinthians, we've seen that Paul has this foundational principle, this kind of theological undercurrent that's, that's, that's kind of woven throughout the book, and, and Paul's discussion is, is kind of all built on it. It's this really important theological idea of a believer's union with the Lord Jesus, uh, that this is how God saves us. Uh, that through the, the power of the Holy Spirit, through faith, uh, one who believes is, is united to Jesus. Almost like a, a marriage union, where you have two distinct people, but they're, they're bound together, so they're connected. So that what, what is, belongs to one, all of a sudden gets, gets, goes to the other, and vice, vice versa. Uh, that this is how God uh, gives, uh, distributes, applies uh, the great work of Christ. He unites us to the Lord Jesus so that, uh, so that we're saved, uh, that Jesus gets all the guilt and, and error and ugliness of our sin. He gets that, and we get all his righteousness uh, and, and glory in him because we're connected to him, and so we're saved. But also that the core of the Christian life is all about this idea of being united to Christ. So it's never just you walking as a Christian by yourself. It's always you connected to Jesus. Uh, and so we walk not just in our own strength, but in the strength of Christ. But also God has us walk in the way of Christ. So we're, we're actually living out his story because we're, we're connected to him. And Paul uh, kind of builds the, the letter on that foundation. He, he assumes, he teaches it in various places, but then other places just assumes you know it. Uh, and it's really helpful because it helps us understand some of the, the kind of the weird sections of 2 Corinthians, some of the sections that you might be like, wow, what's Paul doing here? And, and this is kind of one of those passages. You know, Paul's talking, I'm a madman, I'm a fool, what in the world? Well, okay, think union with Christ. Because Paul is, is assuming here what he wants you to do is not just see Paul, but in Paul see Jesus. Because, because if it's Christians really are those who are united to Christ, you look at Paul, you don't just see Paul, you see Jesus in Paul. Uh, and that's what's going on here in this section. As he talks about his leadership, as he talks about the, uh, his, his ministry as a, as a Christian, as an apostle, he wants you to see Jesus. Uh, if you don't, if, if you're wondering to see this right out of the text, you can notice that this final section of Second Corinthians actually is bookmarked uh, by Paul talking about Jesus and connecting it to who he is. He starts off chapter ten, verse one, uh, by saying, "I, Paul, by the gentleness and meekness of Christ." And then he ends, and then he talks about his own gentleness and meekness. Uh, and then he'll talk about the weakness of his ministry. And then he ends the whole section by talking about Christ crucified in weakness. So this kind of bookmark, uh, using the same language that he's going to talk about his own ministry. And he says, no, think of Jesus, uh, his gentleness, his weakness. So see Paul, uh, see Jesus. 
uh, Jesus in Paul and Jesus for Paul. And that's a, that's a great way to really uh, see the passage as connected to the Lord's Supper. Uh, because what do we have in the Lord's Supper? It's, it's God showing us Jesus. Uh, through the physical elements, we, we see Christ. Uh, we see Christ and what he's done for us. Uh, we also start to see what he's doing in us more uh, and more. And so the two are very much connected. And so as we look at our passage... We want to think, how do I see Jesus here? Uh, and then we're going to do the same thing, just with a different format as we go to the Lord's, uh, the Lord's table. Uh, so, uh, kids, if you're here today and you want to draw a picture about the sermon, I'll give you something to draw, okay? Um, maybe it's your sermon notebook where there is some paper on the, on the table in the back and some crayons uh, in, the, in the foyer there. But here's what you can do. Actually, draw two pictures for me. Uh, but both of them have a big, high wall, kind of like a castle wall, uh, right? And so both of them have this big, high, strong wall. But in one of the pictures, you're going to draw a, a soldier, strong, mighty, maybe you put a sword in his hand, and he's climbing up the wall, almost at the top of the wall. That's one picture. But in the other picture, you're going to draw the same wall, but this time you're going to draw the Apostle Paul, and he's going down the wall in a basket. Okay, you work on that, and listen as you do, and then we'll talk about it in a minute. Okay, so basically the passage has two parts. Uh, Paul telling us what he's going to do, and then Paul doing it. Right? He tells us what he's going to do, I'm going to be a fool and boast, and then second part is Paul boasting. Okay, so first the fool part, uh, where he introduces what he's going to do. You could call it the folly of following fools. Uh, verse 16. I repeat, let no one think me foolish, even if you do, accept me as a fool, so that I too may boast a little. So Paul tells the Corinthians, he's going to act like a fool for a bit. Uh, but but he's, he's going to do this temporarily, and he's, he's trying to get them to see that though he's going to act like a fool, He's actually not being foolish. Uh, it, it, it's something along the lines of what Proverbs commends uh, can be a very important thing in certain occasions, which is that you answer a fool according to his folly. Uh, not always, Proverbs says, sometimes you don't answer a fool according to his folly, but sometimes, certain cases, you answer the fool according to his folly, and that's what Paul's doing here. It seems to be just one of those occasions. Uh, that, that here's this situation, and it's, it's desperate. You have these, these false apostles coming into the church, and they're having influence. They're, having, they're holding sway over the Corinthians. Uh, and, and, and Paul sees the danger, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's foolishness that they're involved in. So Paul, to counter it, Paul says, okay, I'm going to act like a fool to try to expose just how foolish and dangerous this is. And specifically, it's the foolishness of boasting. Uh, the foolishness of boasting. Because that's what these super apostles are doing. Uh, he says, verse 18, that they're boasting according to the flesh. In other words, according to this fallen age. Uh, being, being puffing themselves up the way the world does. Uh, look at all I've accomplished. Look how great I am. Look how, uh, how, how, uh, you know, how competent I am. And that's what these... Uh, that's what these super apostles are doing. Confidence in their greatness, their accomplishments. And Paul says, um, uh, 
you Corinthians are clearly enamored with this. You're, you're bearing with this. So Paul says, okay, you're, you're bearing with that boasting according to the flesh? Well, then you can bear with me for a bit, as I boast. Uh, but as we'll see, Paul's boasting is going to be different. But that's the second half of the passage. Here he's just introducing, here's what I'm going to do. Uh, they're boasting, okay, so I'm going to boast a little bit. But in introducing it, uh, part of what Paul uh, gets to do is he is he he exposes some of the danger of what's going on there in the church, uh, right? He he's talking about what these false apostles are doing. Uh, he kind of does it kind of he doesn't address them directly, but that's who he's talking about, right? Right? Those who boast according to the flesh. You know what I'm talking about, Corinthians? I'm talking about them. Um, so, for example, uh, verses 19 and 20. Here's what you're putting up with. Here's what you're bearing with, Corinthians. Uh, and again, he's talking about the, the false apostles. He says, for you gladly bear with fools, being wise yourselves. Uh, for you bear it if someone makes slaves of you, uh, or devours you, or takes advantage of you, or puts on airs, or strikes you in the face. Um, so here are these ones, uh, these super apostles, who, who they seem by appearances, to be great, to be wonderful, to be spectacular. And that's how the Corinthians are, are tempted to think about. Wow, we're impressed by these guys. But Paul says, do you really see what they're doing? Uh, in the midst of their boasting in themselves, uh, what you end up putting up with, what you're bearing with, what they're doing to you. And then he describes it. Uh, he says, don't you see, they're showing up and they're making slaves of you. So as opposed to being uh, being a leader who shows up to serve, they're making slaves of you. Uh, secondly, he says they're devouring you. So instead of instead of feeding uh, the sheep, they're devouring the sheep. Do you see it, Corinthians? Uh, he says uh, they're they're taking advantage of you. So instead of sacrificing, they're taking advantage. They're putting on airs. They're uh, they're 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 making this show of how much better they are. Uh, than everybody than everybody else. Uh, he even says they're striking you in the face. Maybe maybe literally, maybe maybe literal. There's some violence involved, uh, or even if Paul's being metaphorical uh, and, and just talking about like verbal retaliation, he's saying, really, you're bearing with this? Uh, that apparently, that any time these guys are so great, that any time you, you know, they're they're challenged a little bit, or there's a little pushback. There's this, this angry, even violent retaliation. And he says, you're, you're bearing with this? Uh, this is the very things you should run from, not bear with. Um, and so Paul gives uh, this powerful challenge to them. And it, and it becomes, I think for us, this, this really helpful description uh, of what dangerous, abusive leadership looks like. Uh, really in any context. Here, obviously, Corinthians is the context of the church, uh, so it's certainly true for that. But you could go to other contexts, uh, the context of leadership in the home or, or leadership in the world or workplace. Or, you know, right? How would you spot leadership that you shouldn't just bear with, but you should in some form or fashion run from? How would you be able to spot it? Well, you could just go through verses 19 to 20. Uh, it, it is, is the one in influence the one who's a leader, is he showing up, or uh, are they showing up to serve or to make slaves of you? Uh, are they showing up uh, to uh, to feed or to devour? 
Uh, are they taking advantage? So focusing on themselves, uh, taking advantage, or are they harshly retaliating anytime there's there's opposition or challenge? Uh, that's that's the kind of leadership that you don't bear with, but you run from. Uh, and Paul flushes it out here, so the Corinthians can see how desperate the situation is, but also so they can see the contrast. Because they should see a very sharp contrast in how he's ministered to them. Right? Notice how he does that sarcastically in verse 21. Uh, so he, he, he's, he's talking about, here's what you bear with. Uh, right, Making slaves of you, devouring you, striking you. Verse 21, to my shame, I must say, we were too weak for that. And there was, we didn't do that. We didn't do that. And it's the very things that the Corinthians were tempted uh, to view Paul as, as like, well, that's Paul. He's not impressive. Paul, he's not weak. Uh, if you were here last week, you might remember one of the issues uh, that Paul's being criticized for is that is that Paul didn't didn't charge the Corinthians. He wasn't getting paid by them for his ministry labors. And there are those super apostles saying, look how unimpressive Paul is, right? He's not even, he's not even making a living. He's not even a professional uh, at this. He's so unimpressive. And Paul says, aren't you connecting the dots, right? Here are these super apostles who are very much happy to get paid. Yeah, can you see? They're showing up uh, not to serve, but to devour, but to take. Uh, but to but to make slaves of you, and I'm trying to embody something very different. I show up and I'm I won't even accept money from you, though he has a right to to, to get it. And again, we, we tie this in with the larger theme of the of the book and what Paul tells us in this section. We're supposed to do is not just see Paul by himself. Oh, Paul's great. No, we look at Paul and we see Jesus. Can can you look at Paul? In contrast, and, and can you see Jesus through him? Think about Jesus and how he does leadership. Well, we read of it in, in Mark 10, didn't we? As Jesus there contrasts himself with the way of the world. And he says, he says, the son of man, me, he says, I showed up not to, not to be served, but to serve. Uh, we'll see it at the Lord's Supper. As Jesus comes to us, and he feeds us, not devouring us. Uh, he, he gives his, he doesn't take advantage of us. Instead, he gives everything to, to rescue us. Uh, he comes to this earth uh, not to retaliate or judge, though in a real sense, he would have every right to judge us for our sin. But Jesus shows up to have mercy. Right? We, and we see this little picture of that in the Apostle Paul. Uh, right? And we look at Paul and we see Jesus in Paul. Uh, and that's the and that's what we want to want to focus on. That's what Paul wants us to see. Uh, he wants us to see the Savior that's embodied there, uh, the glory of His love and His salvation. Do you see it? Uh, do you see what kind of Savior uh, is the Lord Jesus? Uh, him, Lord, being so much different than than the world, uh, coming to to lay down His life, to give, to rescue. Is that is that your hope? Is that what you're resting in and trusting in? Uh, what your glory and confidence is? That Savior in what he did for me. So, now uh, Paul, uh, the, uh, of course, we could go, we could, uh, before we get to the next one, we could then go and make the, make the secondary application. So that's, that's Jesus for us. 
But we can also think of Jesus in us, uh, right? Like Paul, Jesus saving us, uh, Jesus for us, he also is in us so that we more and more reflect him. Uh, so uh, so here, as the one who is a believer, this then is gets lived out in your life more and more. So the, the application would be uh, anywhere that you're in a position of influence, anywhere that you're in a position of, of leadership, church, home, wherever, uh, that, that here's what Jesus in you is working you to and what you should seek and, and run after, right? Showing up not to, not to make slaves, but to serve. Showing up not to devour, but to feed. Showing up to, to give and, and, uh, and, and make much of Christ and not make much of yourself. That's what Christ in you is bringing you to. Okay, so first section, Paul announces what he's planning to do. And the second section is Paul actually doing it. Uh, so he says, I'm going to make a fool of myself and I'm going to boast. Now here's Paul's boast. Uh, and he says, it's all about wisdom, or it's all about weakness. Uh, it seems like foolishness, but it's actually wisdom. Uh, so, uh, and again, we see Jesus here. Maybe you can look for it as we talk Paul begins his boast in verse 22. Uh, he's apparently, these, uh, these super apostles uh, have a, have, are ethnically Jewish, uh, and so they're showing up to the Corinthians, and you can imagine how they're, uh, how they're just parading their pure-blooded uh, background in the faith, and, and apparently the Corinthians are really impressed by that. And Paul says, yeah, well, that's, that's me too, right? Verse 22, are they Hebrews? Yeah, so am I. Uh, Israelites, offspring of Abraham, yeah, me too. And then he uh, goes to verse 23. Uh, a little shocking. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. A better one. Paul, it almost sounds like you're, you're bragging like the world does. But then, then you keep reading and realize what he means by better. Uh, and, and it's not the way the, uh, the world does it. It's not the way those super apostles are doing it. Look at my accomplishments. Look at how great I am, how impressive. How... And Paul says, yeah, I'm going to give you a list of my weaknesses. And all goes, uh, he starts with this long list of things that make him look weak. Now, weak here, you got to understand, weak here isn't sinful weak. Uh, so we're not, Paul doesn't boast in how sinful he is. Uh, that's something quite different. But weak in the sense of unimpressive, uh, not what anybody would think of as strong or uh, not the kind of things you put on your resume, that kind of weakness. Uh, and so he gives a list of all these hardships and sufferings and things that make him look very not very impressive or successful at all. Uh, so verse 23 is a kind of a general overview, laborers, beatings, imprisonments. And then he gets real specific in the next, uh, the next section. Uh, he talks about his mistreatment both on, from, the, from the Jews and from the Romans. Uh, from, the, from the Jews, it was according to the, uh, to the Jewish law, the 39 lashes. Uh, and, and then uh, from the Romans, what they would do, which is beating with rods. He said, I was mistreated by both groups multiple times. Uh, stoned once, shipwrecked, adrift at sea, dangers at every turn. Lacking food, lacking shelter. Uh, then he gets to verse 28, which apparently is, is something of a, of a climax, uh, right? As if this was almost the weightiest of hardships he faces. He says, apart from all these things, there's the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. All right? he, he almost, 
Paul almost sounding like a, uh, like a parent who's worried about his kids. Uh, you, you know that. If you're, there's someone you're caring for, someone that you're, you're ministering to, maybe it's a child or maybe it's an aging parent or maybe it's a friend, someone you're ministering to, and, and your, your heart is bound up with them. And so the ups and the downs, and it it's, it's, it's weighs on you. Sometimes it's worse than actual physical hardship. Uh, as you see someone else that you care about struggling. And here's Paul saying, yeah, I have spiritual children throughout the known world, and it weighs on me daily. Um, so he's, he gives this list uh, of things he boasts in. It's all these things that show his weakness. And verse verse 30, he, he really kind of summarizes. You see what I'm doing, right? Verse 30, if I must boast, I will boast to the things that show my weakness. And then he gives one final one final example in verse 32 and 33. The most specific instance, the only specific instance he, he, he gets to here in, in detail. And kids, this is what you're drawing a picture of, right? If you're drawing a picture, right, it said two, uh, two pictures, wall, and two different people. Well, okay, here, here's the, the, the one with Paul. Uh, this really happened. Uh, that Paul was, was in after he was converted. He's in the city of Damascus. And he starts preaching of Jesus. And, and, and he makes enemies. And there's this conspiracy to have him, have him killed. So even the, the leaders of the town are guarding, guarding the city walls, guarding the city gates so that Paul doesn't escape so they can capture him and kill him. Uh, and Paul uh, escapes, uh, but to do it, he's, he's let down uh, a basket out of the city wall, lowered down, uh, and he's able to escape that way. And Paul says, here, I'm going to boast of this. It's this interesting contrast with what the Corinthians would have known from the larger Roman world. Because in the Roman world, one of the, one of the highest military honors that you would, you would earn, uh, kind of like the, our equivalent or the equivalent of like the Congressional Medal of Honor, uh, here's what it was for, uh, for, the, for the Roman world. Uh, was this award that was given to the soldier uh, who, when attacking an enemy city, was the first one to the top of the wall and made it over. You can imagine, of course, that if you're attacking an enemy city, the first one to the top of the city wall and over, that's the person most likely to get killed. Uh, so you get this award, uh, you're clearly very brave, very strong, very powerful, and so this, this person would be hailed as the, as the mightiest of the mighty, the greatest of the champions. Uh, and, and something the Corinthians, no doubt, as, as being in a Roman city, would, would know about. So you get this, this really interesting contrast uh, that the here in the Roman world, where you could say, according to the flesh, what's the picture of greatness? It's the strong man who makes it to the top of the wall and gets the medal, the bravest and the greatest. And, and what do you have in Paul? Uh, he's not going up the wall to great glory. He's being let down the wall. Uh, and running off. Right. It's, you know, which, if, if you, you accomplish both of those in your lifetime, which, which is the story that you would tell at parties? Right? You know, you, people are chit-chatting, and you know, well, what, what story do you tell about your life? The one about the, where you win the greatest of honors, or, or the one where you look like kind of a wimp? Kind of foolish? Uh, right? Oh, yeah, well, I was kind of let down in the basket, right? Which one do you boast of? And Paul says, here's the story I'm going to tell. Paul did great things in his life. God accomplished amazing things. He's going to tell this story. 
Because I'm, I'm boasting, not the way the world does it, not the way these super apostles in the church are boasting. Look how great I am. Look at all that I've done. Here's my medal. Paul says, here's what I'm going to tell, a story that makes me just look weak. Why would Paul do that? Well, well, again, we look at Paul, we see Jesus. That's, that's the larger point. Can you see Jesus here? I mean, think about the Lord's Supper. Right, the Lord's Supper. Here's, here's what Jesus uh, arranges and tells us. Uh, here's the thing you're going to do again and again and again and again in the Christian life. Uh, to, to, keep, to keep me and my work right in the forefront of your mind, uh, here's the way you're going to repeat again and again. Think about what scene in Jesus' life he chooses to emblemize uh, in this thing that reminds us of him. It's, it's not a scene from Jesus' life with him at the top of the wall to the cheering crowds. It's the, quite the opposite. Uh, he, he gives you a picture of the crucifixion. He gives you a picture of his weakest moment. Uh, the, the, the moment uh, of, of suffering, the moment of shame, the moment the world looks at and says, that's foolishness. Uh, a, a, a savior who, who dies... Uh, a king uh, who looks like he's defeated, uh, a picture in that world of, of shame, uh, and that's the picture that Jesus hands to you. Here's how you're going to remember me. Right? Here, here's, here's the medal of mine that you're going you're gonna to look at again and again and again. Why would Jesus do that? Well, of course, we know from, from Scripture that it's not weakness for weakness sake. Uh, but it's weakness in order to save, right? That's what Christ is doing, that he's going to the lowest place in order to rescue you and me, right? He, he goes to the lowest place there on the cross to raise you up uh, in life, that he uh, takes all the guilt uh, and shame so that you bear none of it. You're freed from it. Uh, he gives his very life in, in, in what looks so ugly so that you're raised up to something glorious, right? It's weakness in order to rescue. And he wants you to come back to it again and again because uh, it, it is our life and it's, it's our source of confidence, right? So that Paul can say, yeah, this is what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boast of yeah, because this is really a firm ground to stand on. Uh, it, it's not those things that, that make me look great, right? The moments at the top of the wall where, look at the crowds loving me. Now, that's not a firm place to stand, but this is. But this is uh, because it's life in Christ. Uh, it's Jesus for us, right? Here's, here's my very life and my very salvation that Jesus went to this low place for me. Uh, Jesus for us. But then also it's more and more Jesus in us. Right? It's, it's Jesus having us then uh, walk this same road uh, and him doing wonderful things through it. So, you know, Paul makes his list here, right, his boasting list. Uh, and all the things that makes him look unimpressive and weak. What, what would you put on your list? What are, the, what are the things that you could list from your life, the stories you could tell, uh, the roads you've walked down, uh, that that make you look not so impressive, uh, or the or the hardships you've had to walk through, 
Some of you can make a very long list. Probably that list uh, is, are the very things you think, not only I don't want to tell these stories at parties, but, but also you're thinking these, these are the very things that make me unimpressive so that these are the very things that hold me back from serving the Lord, uh, that, that hold me back from, from being very useful in the Lord's hands. But if you think of it in terms of Christ in us, right? So it's not just you with that list, but it's you connected to Jesus. And you realize that what God does for his people is he uses those very things, those very weaknesses and hardships are the very things he uses uh, to do great good, to do his work in the world. Because it's the way of the cross. Uh, it's the way of Christ. Uh, just like Christ went low in order to save, God works through our weaknesses and our hardships, uh, those things we don't like to other people to know about. But yeah, but he's, he's going to use it for his people. He's going to use it for you. Uh, we don't always know how. We don't always see it. Uh, you know, uh, you might not be able to see how God has used stuff on that list. Uh, you might not see it in five years. You might never see it in this life. Uh, but but you can be confident that God will use it well, because of Jesus. Because it's not just you. It's you connected to Jesus. And it's the way of the cross. Uh, no wonder Paul's ministry is fruitful, uh, even through all this hardship. It's Jesus for us and Jesus in us. Do you, do you see Christ? Right in the midst of Paul acting like a fool, uh, in the midst of, of these boasting uh, leaders in, in Corinth, uh, do, you, do you see Jesus and, and what he's done for you? Right? Do you see him going to that place of weakness and shame in order to, in order to raise you up and rescue you? And then do you see Jesus in you? You connected to him. So that your life, uh, though it has hardships and things that might not look impressive to other people, that God is actually working in you. He's using you to, uh, to serve uh, and to love and to, and to point to Jesus. Uh, seeing Jesus. That's what we do in the scriptures. Of course, it's exactly what we'll go and do as we go to the Lord's Supper. So let's pray first. Father, thank you. Thank you for the glory of your Son and the greatness of your gospel. We do pray, Lord, that you would show us Christ afresh uh, this very day. We thank you for him uh, and pray that, that we would rest more in his love and, and walk more in his ways. We ask it in Jesus' name.